Welcome to How Should a Man Live? This is the podcast that examines life in the light of creation and new creation. And we are your hosts. I am Reagan Rose. And I am Miska Wilhelmsen. Well, hey, Miska, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, although it's not morning for me, but I'm doing well. <laughs> how are you doing this this afternoon in Finland? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm doing very well. It's a nice and sunny day outside, and uh, we're still enjoying some summer weather here. Doing well. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Sun still hasn't come up here yet. Yeah, and I heard you got more than just sun there. You got fire going on, right? It is fire season. It's like you were saying before we started recording. In, in California, you have spring, you have summer, and you have fire season, and then back to spring again. Yeah, yeah. And we are in fire season, so yeah. that's fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so today, uh, Miska and I want to talk about the subject of resurrection, um, I had noticed actually, it's been a couple weeks now since I saw this, but a friend posted on Facebook, they had just, it's a believer and they had been a believer for several years and they were basically raving about the doctrine of resurrection. They were reading 1 Corinthians 15 and about the resurrection of the body for believers. And then they had been digging into uh, the resurrection of Christ and what that means for Christians. And they said something like, this is great. I had never heard of this before. How come Christians don't talk about the physical resurrection of the body of believers? And um, I think that a lot of believers think that. I, I mean, I grew up in the church, but I don't think I really understood this until um, maybe I was a young adult or even had really thought about the fact that the future for a believer is a physical body, bodily resurrection. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Miska? Did you, I mean, you, you became a Christian later in life. When did you encounter this doctrine? Yeah. So, yeah, I became a believer about, what is it now, like 12 years ago or so. Uh, I mean, obviously, I encountered it very early on. In some ways, you know, you but you realize that Christ rose from the dead, you know. And uh, so, and I think it should be part of the, the way we preach the gospel, biblical gospel, that uh, it shouldn't just end that he died and kind of stayed in a grave, but we remind people that he rose from the dead. So, obviously, in that sense, but then... <sighs> thinking more deeply about that and especially the significance like you were saying how it relates to then our future resurrection and then even implications for present day life awaiting that resurrection like how that how that should inform us and in our thinking in the present uh yeah that came way later and i think i'm still you know kind of um I don't think I've fully arrived even realizing self myself uh, and kind of the implications for how should a man live? You know, how does the resurrection uh, connect to that? So, yeah, still, mm -hmm. still learning. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. And um, so kind of what we want to do on this episode, just to kind of give a, uh, a little broad outline to you, our listeners, is when we're talking about resurrection, we're really, we're going to be talking about really two, it in two broad categories. Um, usually when Christians talk about the resurrection, they're referring to the resurrection of Christ. And so we're going to talk about that. But scripture makes it clear that Christ's resurrection is actually tied to the future bodily resurrection of all believers. It says it in 
first Corinthians, that he's, he's the first fruits. Um, and so when we look at Christ's resurrection, there's implications for, it says things about Christ. It says things about our salvation, mm. but it also says things about how a man should live. And so we want to talk about the doctrine of resurrection, um, first beginning with the, the resurrection of Christ, what, what the implications are for, for our salvation and about um, our theology. But we also want to look at the future resurrection of believers. And as we do with, with all the stuff on our, our podcast, we're going we're gonna to take some of those, uh, the implications of the fact that we will be bodily resurrected and try to see if there's things that we can... Um, apply to how we ought to live today? How does that change um, our view of the Christian life, knowing what our future holds for us? Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. That's what we're going to do. And uh, yeah, like like Reagan was saying, of course, the, the main thing where it all starts and what, what most of us have heard about is then how it then connects to, uh, you know, we basically have these three points here. The first one is what the resurrection says about Christ. It's about Christ and Christ's resurrection. And the first... <laughs> First, uh, things there, the primary important things there is, of course, when we think, why did Christ rise from the dead and why is it important? You know, why is it, or is the resurrection of Christ important? Maybe we should have started there, you know, like <laughs> thinking, is, is this an important thing? Is this some kind of, uh, you know, side issue that we just find somehow interesting, but actually isn't uh fully necessary or, or so forth uh, but obviously that's that's not the case we know without the resurrection of Christ we have no salvation without the resurrection of Christ Christ is essentially he's a liar he's not true and uh, we have no Christianity but mm-hmm. what what is that then based on what do we mean by that well there's these two aspects that the resurrection of Christ says about uh, about God the person of God and it confirms Christ's deity so that he is who he said he was and is. And uh, we know that Christ said even before he rose that he will rise. So it also confirms his trustworthiness. And only only God can, you know, rise from the dead. You know, no, no mere man, no mere prophet can conquer death. And so... It confirms his deity, his divinity, that he is God incarnate. And it confirms his trustworthiness because he said this would happen and it did happen. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, of course, like the very cornerstone of this. And like, you know, without without that, you have a you know false religion that's just empty and vain, you know. Yeah. And well, and that's exactly what the... Apostle Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, he said, if Christ yeah. has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the resurrection isn't some tan, tangential thing. Yeah. Uh, um, I remember I, I grew up going to church. I went to a Christian school and I remember uh, one of our teachers one time sharing, they basically had written all these doctrines up on the board. And they were, they said, Hey, so let's try to figure out as a class, what, uh, what are the essential doctrines for Christianity? What are the things, what things do we really need and what things like aren't as important? And they had things up on there, like the death of Christ, the virgin birth, um, and the resurrection of Christ. And like they, it was, it was actually a great teaching tool. They had us kind of like debate about 
why, why each of them mattered. And stupid me was like, well, does the resurrection really we don't need that one because Christ dying on the cross forgave, you know, that that was the, the penalty for our sins. So why, whether he rose from the dead, like it wasn't arguing about whether it was true yeah. or not. It was, is this essential for salvation essentially? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I took my lumps from the, the teacher who was a gifted Bible teacher and they said, well, what does that say about God's acceptance of Christ's sacrifice? Mm-hmm. How does it, how does it, what does it mean if he, if he died and God did not raise him from the dead. And that I think is what the, the, what the Bible gets at when it talks about it being a validation, giving us assurance, um, of that, that Christ really was God's appointed, um, substitute for us. And it says in, in Acts seventeen thirty, it says the times of ignorance God overlooked, and now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. And so it's just Miska, just as you're saying, it guarantees his trustworthiness and it guarantees his um, his role as our savior and makes him uh, through that validation, a worthy object of our trust. Christ is worthy of our trust because God has validated his ministry and all of his words as true and who he said he was because he rose, he raised him from the dead. Yeah. So you've learned a few things since like that teacher, you know, in a classroom, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was like eighth grade. So hopefully I've learned a couple, I'm sure I've forgotten more than I've learned, but. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think the sad reality is that I think a lot of even kind of somewhat mature Christian or Christian, you know, a lot older in age who've been in churches for a long time, you know, might still practically think the same. Oh, you know, the resurrection of Christ. Like, really? Like, exactly what you're saying. Like, well, he died on our cross, and that's the thing that matters, right? But is it really that essential? Uh, and then even going further from that, as we'll later in this podcast, then thinking through how does the resurrection affect my daily life? So not just kind of on a theological level of God's trustworthiness and our the atonement for our sin, but then... Uh, Hypothetically speaking, if God would have created a world, a universe, an existence without, and and Christ would have come without the need for a physical resurrection, how would our present day Christianity be any different or would it be any different? You know, like how how does it affect our, uh, well, yeah, I could say like attitude toward life, attitude toward uh, the body, attitude toward daily living and physical existence. So I think, sadly, for many people, I don't think it has any uh, effect because they've, in practice, don't think about the implications of this doctrine. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was actually reading an article this morning and it was, it cited a study from, it is from the late nineties, but it, it, it said of, of Christians who believed in the resurrection of believers. So they answered them a question. They said, do you believe in the resurrection of believers? They said, yes. And they said, and they said, do you believe that it will be, uh, that you'll have a body? Mm. And two thirds of them said no. Oh, man. And yeah. which is funny because that's literally the definition of resurrection. <laughs> like it involves a body, but that was back in the nineties. And I would guess that among Christians, our, our doctrine worse, right? has weakened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was in America. So I'm sure the average Christian in America since the nineties probably knows less doctrine now. So it's probably yeah. way worse. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we touched upon it a little bit already, but like then how does it connect to specifically our uh, salvation? You know, they, that, that's the, so the first thing obviously we hear about is, you know, the Christ trustworthiness, uh, Christ deity. And then the other aspect we often hear about is in relation to salvation. And then we'll get to the third aspect, which we do not hear much about, but that, yeah, the salvation aspect. Yeah, and it's it's like I, I quoted it a little earlier, but it's worth repeating that the first Corinthians fifteen seventeen, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and yeah. you are still in your sins. Yeah. Um it is the the guarantee of our forgiveness. And it is um part of part of the uh package, as it were, of when we place our faith in Christ, we believe all of the things about him. And mm. it is, you know, throughout the New Testament, it is it is included in those things which we believe when we place our faith in Christ. Mm. You know, and it even it even connects salvation frequently directly or connects resurrection, the belief in resurrection directly to salvation. Mm. And so there is a uh, a connection there, which is in, intrinsic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So your teacher in eighth grade was right, you know? If Christ didn't rise <laughs> from guessed. the dead. Uh, that, you know, uh, yeah. What would that say about the atonement of Christ? Yeah, he wouldn't be real atonement. He wouldn't, yeah, mm-hmm. our, we would still be in our sins. Well, and the overcoming of death, like if, if part of our salvation is that we will be raised from the dead, that we will, we won't stay in the grave. Um, death had to be defeated. Mm. And, you know, it says that the grave couldn't hold him because mm. he was sinless. He, you know, as our representative, Christ, Christ um, died in our place for our sins and, you know, his, his, um, perfect uh, righteousness is then imputed to us. But also being in Christ, being united to Christ by faith means that we uh, get to share in that defeat of death, as it were. Mm. You know, it says in Revelation, where, O death, is your sting? Where is your victory? Like, death doesn't have the final word. Why? Because Christ overcame it, not just in his death, but in that it couldn't hold him, that he actually defeated death at the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so if if you think of salvation, and, and this is and this kind of bleeds over into what we're gonna get into, but mm-hmm. I think that because so many Christians think of salvation purely in um, spiritual terms yeah. and kind of you d- you just think well that means when I die my soul will go to heaven because we don't think of the fact that the Bible teaches about a physical resurrection yeah. we don't look back and see the importance of Jesus's physical resurrection we don't we like why would it matter who mm. who cares if if he overcame death like I'm gonna die and my spirit will be set free from this body and that's the end of the story you yeah. know what I mean and I think it, again like we've done in all these podcasts and we kind of we look at the uh, life in light of Christ creation and then new creation obviously we're now kind of focusing on christ resurrection and implications which is kind of in between there but if we think clearly if we have a biblical understanding of original creation and mankind being created as physical creatures and even before the fall then it's like obviously like that's the resurrection is just the natural uh, i guess progression of it in the sense that of course he's gonna rise and of course he's gonna continue in a bodily uh existence as as man as the true god man and of course we will be in the future again because god 
that's how he meant it in the beginning and that's how it will be in the end that you know mm-hmm. uh, so when when christians think in this kind of only spiritual kind of view i think they they have a uh, greatly lacking and misinformed understanding of creation in the first place mm-hmm. <laughs> and they also yeah. have a wrong understanding of future yeah and i'll just you know i just want to cite one thing there in in uh, support of what you just said is mm. so um in the early church there was a theologian named origin who mm. you can read about it was a church father and he had a lot of good stuff but he also had some bad stuff and he was in influenced heavily by Gnosticism, which is this belief in kind of secret knowledge. And, you know, we, we've talked about before, Christoplatonism, um, which Randy yeah. Alcorn refers to it as. Yeah. And one of the things he cited, which basically presents a dichotomy between the spiritual and the physical, where um, matter is seen as, if not evil, kind of less important mm. um, than the spiritual. And because of that, he he had this doctrine about the pre-existence of the soul, hmm. where basically before we had bodies, we all had souls that were floating out there. It's not a biblical doctrine, but I think that he he basically had to come up with this to support his understanding about the spirit being the thing that really mattered. And one of the things, speaking of Randy Alcorn, he pointed out in an article I was reading recently, is that back in creation, in Genesis 2, 7, when, it, when is it we began? Were we just floating around souls? When, when is it that mankind has its beginning? Mm-hmm. And he pointed out that in Genesis 2, 7, um, it reads, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And so it, the, the point at which man became a living being, when he became nephesh, is the Hebrew, was the point when God joined his body, the dust, to the spirit. That is that is when so from the beginning, just as Miska is saying, from the beginning, our origin, <laughs> different spelling, is, is I see what uh, you did there. <laughs> yes, uh, very clever. <laughs> but our origin is when our when our body spirit and body together. That is how we were designed to be. Mm. And even at our death, right, to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ, um, even at our death before the final resurrection, that is an uh, unnatural state of affairs. Mm. That it, the, the fact that we will be separate from our bodies is temporary mm. and not ideal, <laughs> uh, which is why we look forward to not just where we die and our spirits are, are with Christ, but in the intermediate state, but where we are joined back together with renewed bodies, just as Christ was at his resurrection with a glorified physical body. That's what our where we long for. That's where so much of our hope is. Uh, that is the true overcoming of death and the true... Um, uh ideal state for man is spirit connected with body that is when you are who you are and what you were designed to be yeah no that's yeah and i I was just reminded as you're talking about origin also like even one of our kind of somewhat heroes is you know saint augustine or augustine however you pronounce it you know but uh 
even him, as far as I understand, especially when he was younger, I mean, he was influenced by a lot with like Platonic thinking. And even when he was a Christian in his early days, apparently he came at least very close to denying future bodily resurrection. You know, thankfully he didn't, but apparently came very close. And I believe, you know, throughout his life, he was still influenced to some degree by Platonic thinking. But even though there are some, some in like the origin and even... Uh, Augustine to some degree, uh, still this doctrine of resurrection and our future bodily resurrection is not a some kind of a modern thing or something we've just unearthed, uh, you know, in the 19th century or something. In fact, the probably the most well-known creed or short confession is the Apostles' Creed. And if you remember at the end of the that uh, confession, it, it talks about Christ's resurrection earlier there, but then toward the, like the last thing, that it says is basically this I believe and then it in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting amen and that's how it ends and there that last aspect it's not here it's not primarily talking about the resurrection of Christ because that's dealt earlier this is about that the Christian belief is awaiting uh, to of the resurrection of the body of believers and also there's then the resurrection of the unknown believers into judgment but uh, you know focusing on the positive aspect resurrection to life of believers so yeah so it's it's a very uh historic and ancient <laughs> biblical doctrine of course but how mm-hmm. does this you know uh <laughs> Why why are we talking about it on how should a man live? You know, we're not doing a podcast about the history of Christian doctrine or even just like uh, general essential Christian beliefs. But why did we decide to do an episode on it in our podcast, How Should a Man Live? Yeah, because it does affect our relationship with the physical world, I think. Mm. It does affect how we think about matter like you said we maybe we've said it before but that matter matters yeah, yeah. that that the, the the we're not gnostics we believe that spiritual things matter but we also believe that physical things matter hmm. um and you have the this list i think you wrote this right maybe this list maybe you can go through that the if only spiritual things matter oh, to yeah, god yeah <laughs> yeah so it's just mainly this kind of the, the idea that um yeah what, what, what implications here and now that the resurrection has or should have in our thinking. So, uh, yeah, if only spiritual things matter to God, then he would not have created a physical, uh, very good world. So there it's referring to that, you know, how that uh, doctrine of creation emphasizes the goodness of uh, material things. And we talked about that before also. And... Uh, and then relation to Christ incarnation, if only spiritual things mattered to God, then Christ would not have taken upon himself physical form. Think about it. Christ, the God-man, came not just, you know, if, if, if his only purpose was to come and kind of bring us a message or some sort, you know, he could have, he didn't have to become man, but he came, of course, then to atone for the sin of man, but he came, took upon himself humanity, humbled himself, and he, he, and and it was he did not sin. Uh, he did not sin by becoming a physical uh, being. Uh, 
uh, taking upon himself uh, full manhood, and he was good and right. He was without sin. So, uh, and then, if only spiritual things mattered to God, then Christ would not have risen in physical form. So not only did he incarnate in physical form, but then he died and then he rose again. Because think about that also. He could have like, okay, I've not kind of accomplished. I've, uh, salvation has been... Um, uh, at, at, like atonement has been done. I've lived a perfect life for for all those who will turn and trust in me. I've I've died on the cross and I've now uh, given my life as a ransom, as a payment. And as you were saying mm-hmm. earlier in your yeah. eighth grade, you know, maybe that's all that matters. But yeah, he saved our souls. He saved our souls. But soul. he didn't just save our souls. He saved our bodies. <laughs> yeah, and uh, of course, he has to do primarily then with the Christ trustworthiness and it, and the resurrection confirms his deity. But like. Then even from there, he he spent 40 days on the earth with his disciples, meeting them at various times. And then he ascends. He ascends in his physical body. And this is the aspect, you know, we won't get maybe too much into it this time. But if if only spiritual things matter to God, then Christ would not have ascended into heaven in a physical body. And so the incarnation, the resurrection, and the ascension, which are obviously all connected and they're like, like just chains in the, or like uh, pieces of the same chain, they all like give us this uh, attitude toward life, which is based obviously in creation itself. And 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 so as a Christian, I could never be a Gnostic, you know, not, not uh, like, you know, I could never believe that the physical body is inherently evil because it cannot be because Christ took upon himself a physical body and Christ is even now in a physical body, which is another mm-hmm. thing that, you know, most people probably like, even believers, they hear that, they're like, well, that sounds like a false teaching. He, you know, he, he's not, how can he still be in a physical body? Mm-hmm. No, that's the historic position of the Christian church. And, and, and yeah, more importantly, and he, it's biblical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it says in, in after the ascension, you remember they're looking up into heaven in Acts one, and the they're all looking up because you know he ascended. That's what you would be doing, looking up. And an angel appears and he says, "Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven, yeah. a physical return of Christ, same Christ, same body." Indeed, yeah. So that's Acts one. Uh... 11. 11. Yeah, 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So, and, and because of that, I, I found, you know, uh, we've quoted Francis Schaeffer before, uh, and, uh, you know, he has a lot of good things in relation to these kind of issues that we often deal on our podcast. But uh, he's got a, a good uh, quote, actually, two quotes. Let me just share them with you here. Uh, one of them, he says, The resurrection and ascension prove that there is no reason to make a false dichotomy between the spiritual and the material. That is a totally non-biblical concept. The material and the spiritual are not opposed. The fact that our bodies are going to be raised also speaks of this. So he's connecting here, you know, the, yeah, Christ's resurrection and ascension to this false dichotomy between uh, spiritual and material. And then this quote in the same context, kind of, he says, the resurrection of the body 
should be held on to as a doctrinal reality and further as a truth that gives us an attitude toward life. And I love that quote. And uh, so the first aspect there, okay, we, and I think that, you know, any any uh, Bible-believing Christian who, you know, knows <laughs> any basic about uh, what the Bible teaches about the resurrection, as we've said, you know, with the re- resurrection, you don't have Christianity. So we, we hold on to it as a doctrinal reality and we defend the historic uh, resurrection of Christ against whatever Jesus seminar or some liberalism or something that would say, oh, he didn't really rise physically. And we hold on to that doctrinal reality, rightly so, and we should. But sometimes I feel like that's then kind of where it ends. And that's why I find that it's helpful what Schaefer says. But so we do that, yes. And further as a truth that gives us an attitude toward life. So how does it give us an attitude toward <laughs> life? It gives us, like yeah. you said, it, it proves that the material thing world is good, but then even just practically like daily life. And this is what I was referring to even earlier. Like, like, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to renew my mind more and more according to the will of God and the teaching of scripture to, in my daily living, live more in light of uh, God's truth and this specific uh, uh, circumstance, the situation, more in light of Christ's resurrection and our future resurrection and the implications today for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and those implications are are like you said like the attitude towards life thing i mean i think that if schaefer was with us today he would say it would answer the question how should a man live <laughs> the resurrection. Yeah, and, and some <laughs> listeners might even when they think about our podcast name they might be like okay how should a man live question mark they they might be and rightly so they might think about uh Francis Schaeffer book and also famous i think a tv series uh called how then should we live? I think that's how, how, how then how should, should we then live? Uh, oh yeah. How should we then live? How should we then live? And, uh, yeah, so it, it is, uh, not that we were like purposefully trying to somehow connect it to that. We just found ourselves asking that question in our own conversations, but I do think, it, yeah, it's a similar kind of question that Francis Schaeffer asked. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. And, and I think, you know, so we're asking the questions of how does it affect it? Well, one, it I think it affects, obviously, our, um, how we think about our own physical bodies, mm-hmm. right? Um, that, so, so here's a contrast for you. If I believe that this body is going to be just tossed on the heap <laughs> and never to be seen again, once my soul finally escapes it, it doesn't, I mean, how much does it really matter how I take care of it today? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. But if this is my body, and of course it will be fixed, it will be restored um, at at uh, at the resurrection. But I think it does change your, it changes you out of that Gnostic mindset that your physical body doesn't matter. And so I think that would, that ought to have an effect on what you eat, um, just at a very practical level, uh, exercise, um, how you how you care for this body and how you use it and simply how you understand yourself not as a, a spirit who's driving around your body like it's a vehicle but as an integrated whole body and spirit 
And that that really is a different perspective on how we live. Mm. Yeah, and I think it, exactly like connecting it to our specific title, how should a man live? It connects to what it means to be man, and how how should I, as a man or even a woman, but specifically here, man, how how do I understand biblical manhood? What it means to be human, and uh, like the 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 kind of a, having a holistic view of what it means to be and. Uh, created in the image of God and what it is to be a man and uh, mm-hmm. like exactly as you were saying because if we if we think that the future just is like some kind of spiritual floating existence then the practical implications for today is that the only thing that just matters is spiritual 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 and everything else is kind of just necessary maybe or like the shackles of a sin cursed world and we just you know kind of like some kind of i think it was aristotle like the philosopher or someone i could be wrong but if i remember right like he's kind of he even wrote about it how he's looking forward to being freed from the shackles of the physical body you know and there's kind of like yeah and that's just a little bit it wrong yeah yeah because we do we do look forward to being freed from the shackles of a sin cursed body mm-hmm. right that's what we look forward to yeah. and and put you know you know paul paul talks about putting off this earthly tent he's talking about the fallenness of our our sin nature yeah uh, but when we put on immortal we're putting on immortal bodies that are restored and glorified because that is, it is a, th- a mistake people make is they conflate our sin nature and the corruption of our physical nature with, with the physical nature. And those things aren't necessary from creation. It was very good. It was sin that corrupted it. And it's sin that corrupted creation as well, beyond just our physical bodies. And that too will be restored. Yeah, and that's key. I think, as you said, that's understanding creation again, like you know, it was physical existence before the fall. So then, like in daily life as a man, and how I how I live, what I spend my time doing, and like kind of a holistic view of my weekly and daily life should involve using my body to the glory and honor of God, and. Uh, it, that, that therefore, if I have a biblical view of creation, if I have a biblical view of resurrection, the importance of the body, therefore, I cannot think that I'm, I, you know, and I know different days are different. Some days, you know, you might have to just like be working on, for example, a computer the whole day. And, you know, it's like you're doing some project or something. But if our life... If the way I live is characterized by me living in a virtual reality or or like simply just like, you know, doing computer work or doing some kind of work that's like disconnected and separated from, uh, you know, God created physical existence and, you know, even doing things with your hand and and, and exercise uh, and... uh, and enjoying the created world to the glory of God. If it's all separated from that, you know, like that, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. And yeah. I, it, it will just, you will even yourself, like, I mean, I know this from my own personal life, of course. And like, uh, you, you'll, you're fighting against your own body. Your body will start wearing down either. Or you'll be depressed if you're just like yeah. in sitting inside. You don't see the sunlight at all. You don't go out at all. You don't do something with your hands. You just like, uh, 
kind of like immaterial things as such, uh, you're 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 gonna be way more depressed. And and uh, mm-hmm. I think it connects to how God has made us. He's, he's created us. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think that it's uh, you you have to take um, steps towards re-engaging your body like people in in, who live in our time like it's just as you said like most of us our days are composed of moving from one screen to another Mm. you know I, i go to work and i look at a screen all day i look at my phone on the way home and then i watch tv when i get back to my house and you know have you ever seen the movie wally that pixar film yeah you know, like, uh, I don't remember, it's been years, but there's like a space station, all the people have left Earth, and oh, they're like yeah. these they're big, like overweight yeah, slugs, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they're sitting in these like little like robot chairs, and they're just being constantly entertained, and you know, I, I think that was, by the creators of the film, was a criticism on modern life, and it hits home, because that is how we live, and um, obviously... Uh, in light of resurrection and the importance of the body, that's not how a man should live. And you say, well, I have my job. I have this. I like, I have to do some of that. Well, you do maybe some of that, but there are things, I mean, we did an episode on why you should have a garden. There are things you can do, uh, to, um, actively re-engage your body as a part of your life and not live this kind of um, disembodied thing where you might as well just be a brain and a pair of eyeballs since that's all that you actually experience Mm. um, in modern life. Yeah. I think a simple way of saying like even the relevance of resurrection is that therefore because Christ rose, because we will rise, because of the way God created us, therefore now physical work matters physical mm-hmm. work matters not just in a uh, means to some kind of spiritual end on its own you know like okay i need to do some work in order to get some money and therefore like like that's just like a necessary give it evil. to missionaries <laughs> or something yeah yeah, yeah, yeah of course you know <laughs> yeah that's a good and god honoring thing to support and help missions and all that but it's sometimes i think in our christian circles we like like that's the only thing that justifies it in and of itself physical work physical labor is somehow like neutral or maybe even like somewhat evil but biblically that's not at all true and this connects to how it should affect our life and as a man you know if you're listening to this uh how should a man live uh Start thinking, which we are trying to do in our own lives, start thinking and valuing more the physical creation that God has made, the fact that he's created you in a physical body, the fact that you're awaiting future physical resurrection, and the most important, that our Lord Jesus Christ is the physical, uh, like, risen uh, God-man. He is now in his physical resurrected body. He will forever be. One day we will see him face to face uh, on the new heavens and the new earth in his physical resurrected body, and therefore all aspects of life matter all aspects mm-hmm. not simply the immaterial spiritual they have their place and they're important but all aspects of life so it gives us an mm-hmm. attitude to our life and death right that's yeah 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 because i mean this is this is why scripture uses uh sleep as a euphemism 
for death. You know, Paul will talk about like, you know, don't, don't, uh, you know, the, the, those who are gone from us, they're, they're asleep. He doesn't mean like the, the doctrine of soul sleep or something. He doesn't mean they're actually like asleep. He just means that they will be back, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and that is, uh, that is where our hope is. We don't grieve as those who have no hope. When you're, when your loved ones who are in Christ pass away, you will see them again face to face. You will, you will look on them. Um, and you will look on Christ with your eyes. In fact, even in the Old Testament, Job said this in Job 19, uh, 25 to 27, for I know that my Redeemer lives at the last, he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has thus been destroyed yet in my light, in my flesh, I shall see God whom I shall see for myself and my eyes shall behold and not another. My heart faints within me. And so we, we long for our bodies to be restored. And I think that that, um, like just in a very, very, very practical way, this is why you should bury your dead. And I know this is like, seems random, but I'm just in terms of like, how does this affect what we actually do? Well, there is something very radically that it does. Um, nowadays, because of the, at least in America, I know that the rising costs of burial are so expensive. A lot of people cremate um, their loved ones when they pass away. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that or that God can't reassemble a cremated body at the resurrection, right? I mean, yeah. how many Christian martyrs have been, have died by being burnt at the stake? You think God's like, ah, you know, I can't put that Humpty Dumpty back together. No, he can, he can do it. He constitutes us from dust. He can reconstitute us from ashes. But the reason that throughout the history of not just the church, but even the old Testament, the reason we buried our dead was because it, it pointed to the hope that we had that mm. they'd be back again. Mm. Um, and yeah. so just a couple, yeah. Were you going to say something? Yeah. And I, I think like, yeah, as you say about the hope, but also then in the present, like the, you know, the person who's died, they're obviously dead and their, their, their body is still with us here, but they're, they're dead. Uh, but that kind of respect toward the body, respect toward God as the creator of the body. And uh, I just uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, I buried my own father and we did we did like the, you know, normal burial. We did not do cremation, even though that was an option. And uh, uh I I, I was a you know I was the closest of kin uh, whatever you call it but so I decided uh, we will do real burial even though it's essentially double the price we'll do real burial and in that moment then like I, I it would be hard for me to even imagine then okay like taking that thing that that um, coffin and then okay let's burn it you know like let's put it in the crematory and just burn it and watch it go into nothingness it's almost like you're in our society you just don't want to deal with death and you just like get it away with and now it's just ashes and now it's, and it's a cheaper it's more expedient and so forth but it's like we don't have the authority to burn that body that that body was given and created by uh god himself and there's an aspect of like that that respect that and you, it was made in God's image. Yeah. It yeah. May, yeah. Um, so, yeah. A respect even towards a deceased body. Like that's not, it's not some mystical notion. Mm -hmm. It flow that respect towards a dead body flows from 
your theology mm-hmm. of that man was made in God's image and that that there's a resurrection coming, like all of it fits together. It's not just superstition or tradition mm-hmm. that makes us want to do that. And, and I think that like even um, the tradition of having um, even like an open casket type thing or a funeral yeah. in general, people mm-hmm. will say, they'll say, even Christians will say this, well, why are we doing this? You'll say, oh, well, to give us closure or... Um, to help us say goodbye. But when there's um, the body of a saint in that coffin, you're not saying goodbye. You're not looking for closure. You're looking ahead for the day when Christ will return and raise his saints bodily with him, and he will restore creation, and you will be forever with Christ face to face in this body and with those who have died in Christ and will then be remade and had their, have their bodies restored. It's not a, when it's a Christian in there, it's not a, it's not a goodbye. It's not closure. It's a looking for, it's grieving. Yes. Cause we've lost them, but, and, it, and it's celebrating cause they're with Christ, but it's also a longing hopefulness for the day when I'm going to get to see them again. Again. Mm. And that's why we bury them. That's why. And, and we put them in the ground too, because the, it, it speaks of that coming. It speaks of that hope. Yeah. And you see this throughout the Old Testament um, uh, with, with the, uh, the patriarchs, you know, Jacob, Jacob's body, uh, he commanded his sons to, uh, to bury him with his fathers. Um, and Joseph made the sons of Israel swear in Genesis 50, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here. He wanted his dead body to be buried with his father. Um, Moses said the same thing, uh, Joshua as well. Like they, they wanted to be buried with those, um, with their, their kin and their fathers. And the reason they wanted that was because they looked forward to the resurrection. Um, you say, well, what's that have to do with it? Well, you ever wondered why churches had graveyards? You ever wonder why a church had a, what they used to call it a churchyard in the back? You go to an old church and there's a bunch of gravestones back there. You're like, that's kind of messed up. I mean, I, I buried my dead cat in a shoebox in my backyard, but why are we doing that with like Aunt Mary at the church? <laughs> the reason is because when, when the dead in Christ rise first, I want a high five with my church family on the way up. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Not I, literally. I, I'm pretty sure it says that in some ancient Christian confession that the mm-hmm. reason is that we should high five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but, but the, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that that is that's what we look for. We're we're waiting for that. We're waiting for that. And it changes it changes your perspective on life. And it changes when your when your perspective on death and what's to come changes. Yeah. Uh, so in in all of this, I like guess just to br- round it up, you know, we're running down, uh, running out of time, whatever, running down on time. I don't. Know. <laughs> But we. <laughs> I don't so know. the relevance for us then today is that, and what we've been trying to say with this, that Christ's resurrection, which guarantees our future resurrection. Uh, you know, it, it reminds us Christ Christ is God. He is who he said he is, his trustworthiness. Our sins are forgiven. They've been atoned for. And and uh, all, of, all of, you know, salvation is ours. And, and we, we have eternal life by faith in Christ. But also, as Schaefer there said, that it, it should give us an attitude toward life. And then as a, as a man seeking to be a faithful 
godly man living in this present day and age it reminds us that physical the physical existence and our bodies matter they matter to god he's the one who created them in the first place he's the one who will renew and restore our bodies and we will be without the shackles of sin without death decay and suffering and all that but they matter now and therefore my life as a christian man needs to take that into account it needs to think about my life in a holistic view holistic everything about my life and do that in a way that gives glory and honor to god and seek to live and uh, seek to implement in in our every aspect as we've said before in this podcast that what does it look like when the biblical worldview when the christian worldview takes hold of us more and more and we think about everything our hobbies our family life our exercise our you know our eating our everything more and more in a christian through a christian lens what does it look like and that's what Mm -hmm. we're trying to explore more and more absolutely and if I could sneak in one more point that we we didn't touch on directly and we don't have to spend time on it because this is kind of what the whole podcast is about. But one of the things we, we've kind of uh, hinted at with this is the tie between the resurrection of our bodies and the restoration of creation itself. Mm-hmm. And we harp on this a lot on the podcast is that... Um, how a man should live, that, that there's this this downward view towards how we view God's creation as uh, because God will restore the earth um, in the end too. But scripture ties the the restoration of the earth to our, our bodily resurrection explicitly. And I think that that, um, that should be affected by how we think about resurrection. So let me just briefly, briefly, yeah. um, from Romans 8. Um. It says in Romans 8, starting in verse 19, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So it was speaking about there the fallen the curse on creation from genesis 3 because of man's sin you know remember the ground was cursed because of you like creation all the the stuff you see in creation animals killing each other and death and decay and just the chaos of it that's not natural (laughs) in in the sense that it's not part of what the original design was that's because of our sin you did that that's you know when you when you watch national geographic and you see the the lion tear the uh tear the gazelle to pieces and you're like oh and you look away that's because of your sin just fyi um that's your fault that, that, <laughs> um, yeah just to clarify reagan means <laughs> miska's fault right? uh, yeah i'm talking to miska <laughs> no i mean i mean the the sin of mankind which we're all partakers uh, we're, we're um, but anyway, let me just finish off the, the passage here. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. 
Um, and that is what we look forward to. We're looking forward to the redemption of our bodies, but he's saying that the creation, the redemption of creation is tied to that, that, that when we are restored, God will also restore the creation, a new heavens and a new earth. It will be renewed. It will be made perfect. And that is where we will ultimately dwell in our restored physical bodies. And so not only does, um, our perspective on the resurrection of our bodies, not only does that affect how we think about our physical bodies now and, and all that, but it should also affect how we think about creation mm-hmm. and the land and animals and, and plants and, and food and all of those natural things. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very helpful. Like I said, that it's restoration. When we when we think about us, we will be resurrected. We it's not that somehow. Obviously, he will like recreate our bodies such as, but you know, it's it's still us. It's still gonna be Reagan, you know, who's the resurrected Reagan. It's still gonna be Miska, is the resurrected Miska. And even now, we're told already in this present age, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You know, what does that mm-hmm. mean that it's new creation? What does that mean that we will be, that the resurrection? It's like the aspect of restoration, God taking that which has been marred and uh, affected by sin, and he cleanses it from all the filth and, and the disgust of sin and restores it, restores it. And that's a resurrection, you know, and that, that's the same thing as we then say about the earth. You know, God is not just going to throw the earth kind of somehow away and then recreate a similar kind of looking, you know, or recreate. He's going to restore it. And it's a new creation, just like we are already new creations, but we are still us. But we've been renewed and we will be continue to be renewed and fully restored. So also the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth is a restored heavens and a restored earth which we await. And that's what I think is in First Peter. Peter says, we await for the new heavens and the new earth where, wherein righteousness dwells and that's what mm-hmm. we look forward to and we seek to live our lives today tomorrow and how many days god gives us in light of that and keep on asking ourselves how should i live today in light of all that god has revealed and seek to do the best we can to live god honoring christian lives as men created in the image of god amen let me close with this verse miska this is yeah. john 5 28 through 29 it says do not marvel at this for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment but he who has ears let him hear and consider the resurrection of the body and the, re- and the restoration of the earth that awaits us and Ask yourself, in light of these things, how should a man live?